never let socialism destroy American health care. We will never let socialism destroy American health care. That was President Trump last night at his State of the Union speech in Washington talking about the proposed changes to health care that are coming up in the presidential election and what he plans to do about him. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've tuned in. We are playing that clip of the president talking about health care because our next guest appeared in a viral video last week. West Michigan ER doctor uh, Rob Davidson confronted Vice President Mike Pence about the administration's plan to cut Medicaid funding. Dr. Rob was in Iowa ahead of that state's caucuses. He also serves as executive director of the Committee to Protect Medicare. Davidson ran for Congress as a Democrat in 2018 against Republican Bill Huizinga. He joins us now to talk about his encounter with the vice president, his reaction to President Trump's State of the Union speech, and the future of health care in the United States. Dr. Rob Davidson, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get started, I want to listen to just a little bit of your exchange with Vice President Mike Pence. So we cut federal Medicaid funding. Is that a good idea? Or? Actually, uh, when I was governor of Indiana, we got a, a waiver from the Obama administration that actually allowed us to expand Medicaid coverage in the states. Right, but now they're but talking about scaling back the Medicaid expansion that they that we got with the Affordable Care Act. And that 680,000 Michiganders, 600,000 in Iowa, a lot of people got health care. Okay, we expanded coverage in Indiana. With right, but I'm just talking about the president and your administration right now, what yeah. they're doing. Right. right now, they're cutting those, Medicaid. Those are waivers for states that didn't take Expansion. No, it's for people to expansion money too. I mean, your administration just announced this; they rolled it out today, and it's going to affect millions of people across the country cutting Medicaid. I mean, is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? I think you're oversimplifying. Well, I think it comes down to that for the people I take care of all the time. I mean, people I see in the emergency department that can't get primary care doctors. You know, once they got Medicaid, they could get primary care doctors. They stay out of the ER. They actually work more. They actually contributed to our community more. Now, if a couple of people sorry you don't get your health care, I mean, that's going to be a real negative in their lives. That was Dr. Rob Davidson talking with Vice President Mike Pence in Iowa about the administration's approach to health care. Dr. Rob, talk about this interaction with the vice president. How did this happen? Yeah, I uh, was there with the Committee to Protect Medicare. It's an advocacy group of uh, hundreds of doctors across the country advocating for affordable health care and holding the Trump administration accountable for their inaction and their destructive actions on health care. And so we happened to be there during a press conference on the uh, Medicare cuts that Trump had discussed the week prior while he was in Davos, Switzerland, and truly happened to be at the Drake Diner right near Drake University just having a bite with some friends in, in Des Moines, other physicians, and we saw the uh, vice president's bus roll up, and Vice President Pence came in and started talking to people at tables. So I figured at that point, listen, this is what I'm doing with my life. In addition to treating patients in the emergency department, I have to ask him about, uh, you know, first I mentioned Medicare, but really uh, pivoted to the Medicaid cuts that they had announced just that day. Mm. And that's how it all started. So respond to what the vice president was saying to you when you confront him about this. First, he starts to talk about the things that he did in Indiana, and then he does go on to defend what changes they are trying to make to these programs now that he's vice president. Did you did you feel like his answers were sufficient? 
No, I mean, I think he was going to the Indiana example because he was trying to highlight something he did that was a net positive, although his expansion in Indiana was not the same as our expansion here in Michigan under Snyder and then State Senator uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Um, he got certain uh, certain waivers even at that time that allowed, uh, you know, sort of restrictions on what they would cover. But again, this happened back, you know, nearly 10 years ago when he did this. Um, and that was because of the Affordable Care Act, or what they call Obamacare, that he was able to do that. The, the plans that they announced last Thursday, uh, something called block grants, which basically say instead of covering what, what you need to pay for for these patients on Medicaid, we're just going to allow states to take a lump sum of money. And should there be a recession, which, you know, we know we have ups and downs of our cycles, when we went through a recession back in uh, 08, 09, when I was you know, working in the emergency department, more people, uh, you know, required or more people lost their insurance, they lost their jobs. And, uh, you know, under this, under this plan of block grants, if more people lost their jobs and required the services of Medicaid, the states would just have to say, sorry, we can't help you because, you know, we only get this certain pot of money. They could also cut certain services they currently give to Medicaid recipients like travel to, you know, chemotherapy uh, appointments, uh, travel to doctor's appointments, uh, cutting the, uh, you know, the coverage of certain prescription drugs. So, uh, no, I don't think he was in any way being truthful with uh, what the impact of these cuts would mean. So there is this narrative, this narrative of tension, I guess, in the debate about health care, where the president and his defenders keep saying that they are trying to preserve things like uh, the inability of insurance companies to throw people off for pre-existing conditions, that they are trying to make sure that people have access to health care. And then, of course, the president's critics say he is attacking the Affordable Care Act in a way that would dismantle those kinds of uh, features. Give us a, a snapshot of how you, as a physician, see that that narrative. In other words, is the president doing things? Is talk about talking about doing things that would do these things differently, or is he talking about getting rid of those things and then just kind of hoping? that uh, that the market will, will, will fix them. Right. I mean, the market is driven by profit, okay? And so if you want to make more profit, you collect money from people, but you don't spend money on providing them health care. So by definition, if someone has a pre-existing condition, they're more likely to have higher expenses on their health care, so insurance companies don't want to cover them. And so by um, allowing there to be more junk plans out there, with skinny coverage by uh, completely trying to undermine the ACA and supporting a lawsuit that will declare it unconstitutional, mm -hmm. he is absolutely putting uh, at risk 150 million or so uh, people in this country with pre-existing conditions uh, that will either A, lose coverage or coverage will be so expensive that they just won't be able to afford it. So in this case, I don't think it's a matter of what he's hoping happens. He knows what will happen. I think the president is plain lying to people to try to win an election. I mean, I think I, I get tired of people saying, well, disingenuous, untruthful. This is just a, a bald-faced lie about what the impact of cutting or getting rid of the ACA will do to people. They just don't want to say it because it's an election year. In fact, the Supreme Court agreed that they wouldn't even hear the case until after the 2020 election so that the Republican Party, therefore, doesn't even have to deal with it. They can just put it off to the wayside and say, well, that's not an issue that we're dealing with right now. Think about how great it'll be once, you know, once we can change health care. Uh, 
they're lying. You know, they're trying to win this year. And I get that. Uh, but the American people need to know the truth. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And my guest is Dr. Rob Davidson, the West Michigan ER doc, who confronted Vice President Mike Pence about the administration's health care policies in a viral video. He is also executive director of the Committee to Protect Medicare. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think of this administration's approach to health care. Uh, tell us uh, what you think about the approach to the, Amer- the Affordable Care Act. Uh, The president's not a fan. His supporters are not fans. They say that they can repeal significant parts of the ACA and still maintain some of the protections that people have now come to count on. Do you think that's true? Or do you think, as Dr. Rob just said, that that's just a lie intended to mislead people uh, ahead of the 2020 elections? Also, give give us a call and tell us what you thought of the president's speech last night in Washington his fourth State of the Union address. Uh, We're going to talk a little more about that later with Congressman Dan Kildee. Uh, But right now, we want to talk about what you heard from the president that makes you feel maybe reassured about health care or maybe makes you frightened about what we might be facing. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Of course, you can also give us a call if you just have questions for Dr. Rob Davidson, who had this conversation with Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, Dr. Rob, before we get to listeners, um, what did you think of the president's speech last night? Well, I, I, it, it sounded like a campaign speech. You know, it is an election year, and I have to admit to not having gone back to every first-term president in their State of the Union of the re-election year to understand. But this seemed particularly partisan. Uh, you know, in the pieces on health care, you know, he talked about pre-existing conditions, and like we said, I, I believe that is just, uh, frankly, a, a campaign a promise that he broke last time that he's trying to make again and hoping people don't notice Um you know, he talks about protecting Medicare, but twice now he's been caught with his hand in a cookie jar talking about wanting to cut Medicare. The first time was reported, I believe, in Vanity Fair, where he said it would be a fun second-term project. The last time was just a few weeks ago in Davos, Switzerland, on CNBC, when he said that, yes, in fact, that's something they would need to do. And, in fact, he said that would be the easiest thing to do to help uh, fix the massive hole in the deficit that was made with his big tax cut of 2017 to billionaires. Mm. Uh, you know, so that's... Uh, that's concerning to me that he would go on and make a very political speech. The state of healthcare in this country, while we have some of the most amazing technology uh, and great positions in hospitals, uh, the state of healthcare is a real challenge to so many people that I treat because they can't afford copays and deductibles. They can't even get in the door because still, you know, 30 million people don't have insurance. You know, and now they're talking about cutting folks on Medicaid and doing something to, you know, kind of monkey with the Medicare system and potentially cutting that. Mm-hmm. I just fear that my patients are going to continue to have a, you know, a downside of their ability to actually afford the care that I know they need, that their primary care doctors know they need. Um, you know, and he didn't he didn't talk about that honestly last night. So, so I also would love to hear your perspective on the other proposals that we are now hearing about health care in this country. We've got lots of Democrats who would like to be president who say that there's a better way to do this even than the ACA. I, I always uh, hear from 
physicians and other people who work in the medical field that the disruption of the ACA is something we're still trying to get get our arms around and figure out how it works, how it maybe doesn't work, and how to fix it. And that another big disruption might might make things even worse. I'm 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 curious what your perspective is on on that on these proposals to remake the system all over again, just eight or ten years after we after we just did it. Right, right. And really, the ACA didn't remake a system. The ACA provided so that people could buy insurance. Right. right. And and then also provided for these exchanges that people could buy insurance through those if they couldn't get insurance uh, through through an employer-based plan or other, you know, uh, program like Medicaid or Medicare or TRICARE. Um, you know, so I think we're probably talking about the whole idea on the Democratic side of public option versus, you know, sort of fixing the ACA uh, to some extent versus a Medicare for all single-payer system. And, you know, I'll be very honest, uh, if we had no system in place whatsoever, I think a Medicare for all type system uh, being proposed by Senator Sanders and Senator Warren uh, makes the most sense. I mean, we're out of all the countries of the world, the industrialized countries, we spend twice as much as the rest of them. We have uh, lower life expectancy. We have a higher infant mortality rate. We have two thirds of bankruptcies that are attributed to health care costs. And this just doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. And so if we had nothing in place that just makes sense. And over 51% of doctors now agree in public polling. Uh, Kaiser Family Foundation has it out there that that would make that does make the most sense. You know, I, I myself and, and the Committee to Protect Medicare endorse the Medicare for All system. However, I understand where we are hmm. and people's reticence to that. And with all of the uh, lies being told by our president and this administration, Republicans running for office about what that would mean, you know, I think it's tough to break through that and and to talk about it honestly, because we don't have an honest broker on the other side that wants to have this conversation. I believe a public option would vastly improve my patient's ability to afford health care. Our senator here in Michigan, Senator Stabenow, has proposed a Medicare buy-in for people age 55 and over. That would be a huge improvement for people. You know, there are so many plans and options out there. Senator Schatz from Hawaii proposed a Medicaid buy-in program state by state. Um, I say yes to all of the above. The thing I think we can't do is continue to allow this president and his administration attack and undermine health care and make it less affordable for people. Hmm. So when it comes to the choice, it's like, well, do you want to choose someone who has a system that will, in fact, make your life better and make your ability to afford health care better? Or do you want somebody who has proven already and has talked about even further in the next term that they'll make it less affordable and harder to get the care you need. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Linda in Detroit called, couldn't stay on the line, said that she felt like the president's speech was just divisive, that he is always trying to divide rather than unite the country. Let's go to Aaron in Jefferson Chalmers. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. I thought this was uh, a fascist address. He demonized people of color. He exploited people's grief. And to uh, top it all off, he gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh. I don't think any Democrat worth their shelf should attend this address. God forbid if he gets elected next time. Hmm. Uh, Aaron, appreciate the, the call and the comments. I think a lot of people were shocked by some of the things 
that you're recounting from from last night. We're going to talk again a little more about specifically the things that the president did and said, the interactions with Nancy Pelosi, with Congressman Dan Kildee in a little bit. But uh, Aaron, I appreciate the call and the comments. Let's go to Tom in Northwest Detroit. Tom, what's on your mind? Yeah, well, you know what? In terms of Trump boasting about the you know this great economy, he inherited it, that great economy. Literally, almost when President Obama came into office, and that economy that he inherited from George Bush was going to hell in a handbasket. And I mean, in, in, in the, and things started on an upward tra- trajectory, and they continued there. And Trump was just happened to be selected by the. Uh, um, electoral college, and he flagged that train that President Obama has put on the track, and now he wants to sit there and crow and try and take credit for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give him that, you know, that pleasure of trying to, you know, um, say, well, this is all about me. This is what I did. No, this is not what you did. Mm-hmm. This was already set into motion, and as I said. He happened to flag that train, and as they say, the rest is history. Mm, Tom, I really appreciate uh, the call and and the comments. And again, I think there are a lot of people sort of scratching their heads about some of the claims that the president makes about things he thinks he deserves credit for, things he thinks actually are better that maybe aren't for everyone. Uh, Again, thanks very much for participating. John on Twitter says, we only need catastrophic Healthcare insurance, government intervention in the healthcare insurance market, as well as the healthcare market, are the primary drivers to healthcare costs outpacing inflation. Eliminate all government healthcare and subsidies. A really different perspective uh, than than what we've been talking about. Uh, Dr. Rob Davidson, respond to what John's saying. There is government intervention one of the reasons that healthcare is so expensive in this country. The primary reason, two reasons healthcare is so expensive is big pharma and, and big insurance. I mean, frankly, insurance companies take 20% off the top for profits and CEO pay. Those have been increasing at astronomical rates. Pharmaceutical industry has three lobbyists for every member of Congress in Washington, D.C. They spend three times as much on marketing, like Super Bowl ads, than they do on research and development. The drivers of healthcare costs are clearly, with all due respect to your listener, are clearly from the for-profit side of things. Medicare, as an administrator of healthcare and a payer of healthcare, has a 2 to 3% overhead versus 20 to 25% for private pay insurance. And so really the drivers are a profit-driven industry that feeds on the sickness of Americans. My fear is if we provide only catastrophic coverage, rich people, people with ample means, you know, like, I mean, Rush Limbaugh recently was diagnosed with with stage four lung cancer, and Vice President Pence tweeted his support and thoughts and prayers, and I share in that. I mean, he's a he's a human that I that I hope has great care, and I'm sure he will. But he has, you know, a net worth of 400 million dollars. Vice President Pence and President Trump have net worths of millions and billions of dollars. My patients I treat do not have that. If catastrophic coverage is all they have, they won't get treated for diabetes. They won't get insulin. They won't treat their hypertension, their chronic ailments that then lead to the catastrophes that then put them in the ICU and cost the system so much money. Um, we need to invest more in the frontline health care, primary care. That's what Medicaid expansion has done in this state. People got primary care doctors that they've never had before. They treat their chronic illnesses. They stay out of the ER. They stay out of the ICU. They go to work more. They contribute to their communities. They pay taxes more. 
uh, to me, is just a no-brainer on how we actually have a positive impact on health care. Okay, Dr. Rob Davidson, it was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking with you anytime. Up next, we're going to talk with Michigan Congressman Dan Kildee to get his reaction to last night's State of the Union speech. Want to continue to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.